Welcome everyone to Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. And I'm Steve Sears. We have got a jam-packed show for you. We're comedians living in Hollywood, bringing you the fun and funny wrestling each and every week. And the last couple of weeks have been no exception as to all kinds of crazy comedy and stuff that's going on. And it doesn't end. Nope. Uh, Thank it, you, social media. Yeah, look, this is how you find out every tidbit of information: comedy, tragedy, happy face, sad face, together. Yeah, little poops with eyes in them. Yeah, uh, That's American what I flags. Getting, I keep getting the poop eye, uh, emojis. Who keeps sending you the poop emoji? All kinds of people. Really? I don't even know how to get emojis on my phone. Um, I'll show you afterwards. Mm, you got to poop on your phone. In you here. need to poop on your phone. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. That's toilet humor. Ah. Oh. Don't care for it. Yes, indeed. I find it to be quite smelly. Mm, it's quite awful. And yes. if you're not careful, it it will remain upon your hand. Indeed. The, the toilet humor is the kind of comedy that gets stuck underneath your fingernails. It is, Ringo. <laughs> you turn into Ringo. Yeah, right? it does. It's Good crazy. thing we don't do impersonations on this show. No. Lowbrow. Worse than toilet humor. Yeah, what's worse than toilet humor? Impressions. Ugh. Ah. That sounds terrible. We're glad you're dead, Danny Gans. Wow. <laughs> what? Gosh, a Danny Gans? Like, I only, I have like a half-remembered dream of an understanding of who Danny Gaz is. Gans. What'd I say? Gaz. Oh, well. That can't, you can't put that on a billboard. Uh, Danny Gaz? <laughs> no, you need something that'll bring people to the strip. That's Danny Gans money right yeah, there. Yeah, you gotta get Gans money, not Gaz cash. Yeah, I... So that's you, downtown Vegas. That's how, what that is. Uh, downtown Vegas is that's the underneath the bright lights, right? With the uh, with the jets on the mm-hmm. LED screen. Yeah. That okay. There needs to be some sort of permanent wrestling fixture in Vegas, doesn't there? Oh yeah, it's got everything. The WWE restaurant should have been in Vegas more so than uh, mm-hmm. Time New York Times Square. New York Times Square. New York Times Square. But we can forever watch the movie Panic Room and see it right there in the opening credits. Yeah. Ah, God, did you ever go to... To the panic room? Yeah, to your panic room. Jodie Foster wouldn't let me in. Oh, see, that's, she's sitting in there watching wrestling videos with her daughter, Kristen Stewart. And I was there with uh, Forrest Whitaker. He's like, come on, just let him in. Uh, let him in. And then, come uh, on. is it Dwight Yoakam? I think so, and Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched Dwight Yoakam the other night in Sling Blade. Uh, he's... Irreprehensible. Is he the, like, the guy who takes in the... The, the is he the abusive dad? Does he get? He's the abusive boyfriend. Oh, but he also got that super sweet band. Oh yeah, the sweetest of super sweet bands. Oh, that band rocks. It's got a guy in a wheelchair. It's got the uh, the guy who just does lyrics and he does some weird beat poem that they added drums to. Mm-hmm. You watch it and you go, this movie's great. But it totally reeks of 90s independent cinema. Uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim Morrison wrote and directed that, didn't he? That's right. Uh, Billy Revived Bob Thor- from the doors. Uh, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Billy Bob Thornton wrote and directed Sling Blade, didn't he? He wrote it. I don't know if he directed it or not. I think he direct, uh, He wrote a family thing later on. Wrestling fans are stabbing their brains. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, please. Come on. His character in Sling Blade... Would oh. be an ultimate wrestler. I, I believe he was on the show a couple years back. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton from Slingblade? Uh, Carl from Slingblade talking about how he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I think you're right. I believe I am. Ugh, you know, that's why ugh, that is why everyone loves the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> they think it's such a great pay-per-view because anything can happen. That's right, Kofi Kingston. Yep, see? 
No impressions on this show. We're talking about very accurate sound bites that we get straight from wrestlers' touts. Mm-hmm. Straight from touts. We still use the old tout machine. Yeah, look, you guys are- It's like are, a stock ticker. You guys aren't using it, so we're using it for all our stock audio, mm-hmm. our stock- Portfolio. Portfolio. Our, our uh, well, our, our celery stocks for soup stock. Yeah, and for peanut butter. Yeah, and um, one more- Really? Yeah, oh, our, comedies in sixes, huh? Yeah, comedies, uh, the stockyards where you kill the beefs. Yeah, kill the beefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, do you know about this guy? His name's Dana White. Uh, he yeah. owns the UFC along with the Fratelli twins from the Goonies. Yeah, and along with the uh, small controlling interest of the Russian mob. Yeah. <laughs> and the Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've heard of Dana White. He seems like a cool guy. Uh, Actually, he is know. a really cool guy, but he says some pretty nasty stuff, Scott. Yeah, he's a he's an East Coast guy. Like, he is an East Coast guy, Boston, and we, I believe. And that's we can say that because we're West Coast guys, right, Scott? We're we're clear to say that he's an East Coast guy because we're West Coast guys. Well, I guess I am by sheer numbers now. Uh, my wife's a West Coast gal, so I think by marriage I can say that about West Coast guys. Is that right? I'm pretty sure that works. You can say that about West Coast guys? Yeah. Uh, well, what did I say? You said about West Coast guys. Look, I'm a daywalker. I can say that about West Coast, uh, East Coast guys. You're a daywalker? Yeah. I didn't know this. Uh, the one people I can't talk about are Midwesterners. Oh. They're very kind. Michiganders. But, yeah, Michiganders. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they're they're odd people. Uh, so I, I heard about this. Dana White, he, uh, he, On had, Twitter. he had some choice words. Because the, the big pay-per-view just happened with Ronda Rousey versus... Victim. Uh, yeah, victim number 46. I actually watched that fight. Was it good? Uh, yes. It's weird when people complain that it's such a quick finish. They go, oh, spent 50 bucks for that. No, you spent 50 bucks to hang out with a bunch of friends and watch an entire fight card. You didn't want... I mean, you get it for one fight, but you get to enjoy the brutal beatings leading up to the main event. Yeah. And And you get to watch more fighting afterwards. And do you want to watch a a five-round fight that goes the distance where nothing... You know, there is no climactic finish? Is that better for $50? Isn't that just as bad where you go, oh, man? Well, I mean, I don't want to watch, like, Liddell and Couture go for five rounds i mean as interesting as it sounds on paper when it's five rounds of them oh just... they never did no wait the first one did yeah but them sort but of it was awesome being perfectly matched actually that sounds really good if you watch a like one where they just never nobody ever really throws orlovsky no wants... sylvia three because they had both beaten each other very abruptly and quickly and then the entire match they stayed the hell away from each other because they knew how I've bad the I've been hit in the face beat. before. I know what it's like. I don't want to get hit in the face again. Yeah, it was yeah. the third match. It was the rubber match. Like, who's the best? Neither one of them. Fuck you both. Yeah. This was so expensive. The tentative match. Mm-hmm. The tentative match. I I love pay-per-views. Like, any sort of pay-per-view you're going to sit down and sporting-wise, I think, just be prepared that things are either going to go terribly wrong, mm-hmm. appreciate the journey, mm-hmm. and if it's great and really delivers, hey, good job. It you was- earned it. It was great. Ronda Rousey just just beat this lady so bad and so quick. Well, and normally her style is to armbar somebody. Yeah. But I guess this lady's whole thing was she knocks people out. Rousey did what she did, and she knocked him out. But there was this whole thing about somebody tweeted at Dana White. Well, I mean, if you're going to go and watch a pay-per-view that doesn't deliver, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit pissed that I'm not paying nine ninety nine for it. Wait, what? 
what I'm saying is, Scott, I haven't set up the the uh, what he said yet. Is that what you're getting to? Uh, oh no, I'm doing my part to set it up also. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, we should say what Dana White said, so when people listen to this in the future, they go, huh? No, but I figure what I could do is uh, here. Here we are. I'll be like. Oh, but Scott, I mean, if the pay-per-view had been nine ninety nine, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. And then you could be like, well, Steve, it's not. It's a UFC pay-per-view. And if you're going to complain about it on Twitter, Dana White's going to have something to say to you. And then I'm going to be like, well, what's he going to say? And then you're going to say, uh, fuck you, buddy, block. Nice. No, I don't know. Uh, but, I, but now I feel like my, my whole setup, I should, I'm going to edit this I didn't I'm know. I'm going to edit it out. No. I'm going to edit it out. No, I didn't know where no, you were no, no, going. No, no, it's fine. We can say whatever we want right now, Scott. I'm going to edit it out. Hulk Hogan was right. Yeah, Hulk Hogan was super right. About he eating did, prayers he, and saying vitamins. Yeah, yeah, he got all that stuff. Do you know what he might even said? Uh, you actually messed it up. He. I know, because it's an edit. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, we can we say want. whatever we want. The, mold, the, uh, the giant pythons are lighting torches on people's lawns. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that was <laughs> a little darker than I intended. I didn't know where you were headed, so that's why I was confused. I thought you were ramping up into some sort of comedy bit on the show or something. Well, it was a long con. Oh, it was a long con? You're yeah. grifting now? I do what I can. Son of a son. So where do you want to go from? Are we actually cutting this out? No, God no. I think this is comedy gold. Okay, Just great. pull back the curtain. Let everybody see our racist Hulk Hogan support. People going, talk about Force Whitaker again. I wear Hulk Hogan's orange skin like a leather cape. Gross. Yeah, I kind of grossed myself out when I thought about what it. What does that mean? I don't know. I thought it and about? I just said it. I don't know. You know, the worst part is he's still wearing like his yellow trunks and his t-shirt too. Like there's tassels on me. Yeah. And his tassely hair. Oh, it comes from a broom. Those are the, uh, those are the shoulder. uh, What are those called? Like the shoulder little push brooms. Oh, oh, like on a fancy uh, general jacket. I was about to say, or like on a fancy post office uniform when they redesign it for uh, Cliff Clavin and Cheers. Oh, okay. The Postmaster General the outfit. Postmaster General outfit. Mm-hmm. We're saying the same thing. Yeah, we're on. We're on to it. I don't know. Uh, fringes. I'm gonna call them fringes. Yeah. Uh, Dana White had said to the degree of like, well, that's just WWE is just a bunch of fake shit. Yeah. Somebody said, well, it's like, uh, why should I pay full pay per view? And he responded with like, well, if you're paying nine ninety nine, that's how much fake shit should cost. Right. And. You know, whatever. I, he, he said that in jest, and he said that to fans on Twitter to rile him up, and he does that all the time. But there's a bunch of wrestlers talking about, oh, it's fake. Huh? Look at my fake bleeding head and my fake concussion, and look at fake Chris Benoit, fake murdering, and look at all the fake Hulk Hogan racism, and look at all the fake Vince McMahon blowing up in a limo. One of those things is fake. Chris Benoit's alive and his family's in hiding. Oh. Wrestling angles in your face. <laughs> yeah, what a swerve. <laughs> yeah. Sandman was never blind, but he acted like he was at home. E.C. Dub. E.C. Dub. <laughs> now that, you guys, is what's called an angle. <laughs> God, what a terrible thing that would be if it were all revealed like, yeah, swerve. Benoit's still around and the family's around. It's all an angle. His music hits and he comes out and Michael Cole is like, Oh my God, you're watching the reincarnation of... That's a... uh." I can't even do a Michael Cole impression anymore. I bored myself to to silence. Trying to speak as him? I can't do it. No. Look, I like everybody. In fact, a lot of ways I think I love everybody. I think everybody deserves love and happiness. Michael Cole is just one guy I'm kind of like, Yeah, I hope he finds it. I'm not responsible. 
Yeah, he's got a weird sort of morning DJ job. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> bless him for trying. Ah, oh, bless his heart. Ah, bless him for trying. But, I mean, this Dana White business that we're trying to talk about. Wrestlers are pissed at Dana White. They're uh, going after him. Scott, they are so pissed. They contacted us, and we talked to our producer. Boy, for, they must be pissed. Yeah, they, we talked to our producer. We talked to our design team here. So we have, we're going to have a new segment on the show today called Counterpoints. Oh. That's right. Counterpoints? Yeah. Oh. Uh, right. We don't have any exciting music for it just yet, but uh, maybe if we'll just do a little bit. Hans Zimmer's still composing it. Yeah, Hans Zimmer's still composing it, but we'll do, we will do the intro, which is this. Counterpoints. Counterpoints? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that thing. We, we went to so many test groups to get that title sequence right. I'm very happy with it. Well, with counterpoints, as, as you all might know, if you're politically inclined, there, one person has one point of view, and then somebody else has the opposing view and they're trying to convince one another of why their opinion is right but in this case it's counterpoints plural so it's just two people disagreeing no matter what yeah it's wrestling yeah no one's ever gonna see eye to eye there's a good guy and a bad guy yeah even if they respect each other they still gotta fight you don't win with words if you did god the matches wouldn't happen yeah and the worst part is they didn't even give those two guys two mics so they're just there talking to each other in an arena mm-hmm so we got two very special guests coming in for this. Yeah, they're going to be discussing Dana White's uh, incendiary comments about wrestling being fake. Or alluding to it, I should say. Uh, who do we have on the docket first, Scott? Uh, a regular on the show. Um, former ECW wrestler who can't be found in the archives, still on the WWE Network. No, it's really he's not in the alumni section of the ECW page yeah. or the ECW GeoCities page if you want no. to go to the Internet Archive and find that. He's not on uh, Netscape. Uh, users. No, he's not in my Explorer Navigator browser history. He's not in my GPS history. Uh, he's not in the library from Last Crusade. Yeah, he's in none of these places. ECW wrestler Trucks Molester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. That Triple H had smoked all day. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a brave words you just said there, Scott. Yep. Well, you know, I do what I can. Uh, look. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I already know I already said that, but I am very flustered because, uh, my, uh, sorry. What's <laughs> my the... teeth are loose because they were knocked out of my face and it's hard to form my sentences because I took so many bumps in the ring. Ah, so you're taking the point of wrestling is real. Wrestling is real. Okay. Real. Well, we have to have someone who's, who's going to counterpoint what you're going to say. Okay. I believe the show is called counterpoints. Counterpoints? Uh, well, the show is called Curtain Jerks, Comedy Wrestling Podcast, but... I'm sorry, the segment that I am a guest upon. Yeah, the segment you're a guest upon. Why? You're really well informed for this segment. I wore a tie. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, uh... And it's no keeping shirt. my skull from coming apart. I see that. Uh, well, we have, uh, someone else to counterpoint what you're saying. Uh, someone who's saying wrestling is fake. It's surprising they're coming out and saying this. WWE Hall of Famer, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart is here. Mr. Hart, Mr. Sart, I, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to actually take your microphone away because it's gonna blow out our sound equipment. Well, oh, you take the microphone away. I'm gonna need to take that. What? My megaphone, baby. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm gonna have to take your microphone away or the megaphone. If which one would you prefer? I prefer you take away the megaphone. Okay, I will have it in the guest breakfast lounge with your name on a small index card. Oh, baby, let me tell you, baby. See, the thing about wrestling is it's all fake, baby. Look at this jacket. 
Oh, wow. Uh, those are, I think you've got some guitars on there, maybe some piano keys. That's very cool. These aren't real guitars and piano keys on here, baby. They're watercolors. Uh, if I could just uh, interrupt for a second, I believe I was going to go first with my counterpoint that wrestling is real. Now, am I to believe that Jimmy Hart is going first and to the mouth of the South is going to uh, completely besmirch my entire profession? I heard you in the lobby and you had pointed out that your teeth were out of your mouth. So I just thought I'd come in and, you know, I say my little piece. Uh, yeah, you've got a little piece and it's in my face. I'd like you to sit down when you're talking. See, that's another thing, baby. See, you look at my hair on top of my head, right? It's all fake. It's all coned up into itself. See, that's another thing that's fake in wrestling, baby. I lost my hair ten years ago. Well, I mean, I lost a lot of things in wrestling because of the impacts that I took and the different de- uh, the amount I would dedicate myself to the in-ring violence that we would perpetrate on each other. While the matches may be de- predetermined, I-, I think it's all fair to say that we all uh, took the physical cost of it being real violence. See, I think you said it right there, baby. You said it's predetermined, right? Right? Right. Right. Like, I know when I'm with a lady and I'm going to say, well, I know that we're going to take the morning after pill. That's predetermined. We are not having a baby. Everything's fraud. Well, I mean, by those that logic, then you wouldn't be having intercourse with that woman. You would be pretending to have intercourse with that woman. That's what often happens, baby. The honky-tonk man, rugged Ronald Garvin, everybody's getting all the ladies, baby, and leaves Jimmy Mouth of the South of the Heart on the line. I'm sorry, hold on, hold on. This is about wrestling, but I just want to make sure. Are you implying, Jimmy Hart, that you pretend to have intercourse and that you get the morning after pill and you flush it down the toilet after pretending to bring an invisible woman back to your motel room? No, baby. Baby, I don't flush the pill. That doesn't do any good. I, I let the woman take it. And I stick around for a couple hours afterwards, make sure she eats some pizza or something, so that way the pill goes down nice and good. Now, let me make sure. This woman who doesn't exist, who you're going to pretend to not have intercourse with, you give her... Where does that pill go? It goes inside of her invisible body to flush out that invisible well, now, baby, wouldn't baby. that pill just fall right down on the dirty carpet of that Motel 6? Yeah, baby, because it's all fake. That's my point entirely. Uh, now, are you dropping pizza on the floor, too? Is that what you're also telling me? Yeah, two slices. You know what? That's how Paul Heyman used to pay us in ECW, is two slices of pizza. Well, Vince McMahon used to pay us in a whole large pie, baby. Well, <laughs> first of all... Vince McMahon is somebody who should recognize he should be the one who should speak about this. He understands the cost that it takes to put on a fake show and also to make uh, performers with their medical costs and their disabilities, and that's a whole lot of pizza pie. Well, maybe it's because you weren't a great worker like the honky-tonk man, so you and ECW just had to hit each other with steel chairs and such. I was about to say, if you don't shut your mouth, Jimmy Hart, I'm going to hit myself in the face with a chair. Shut your, shut that mouth. I'll put a big old invisible piece of pizza in that mouth. A big old slippery calzone. All right, I'm finding a metal chair. Uh, boys, boys, just be careful. We only have wooden chairs in here, and if you hit each other with it, you might get a splinter. Yeah, uh, they're balsa wood, to be specific. Yeah, we made them. Oh, go ahead, hit yourself, baby. Oh, maybe I will. Maybe I'll just take a big old bite out of this balsa wood chair. It tastes like halva. See right there, baby? He's faking it. You can't eat a chair. It's all fake. It's all a show. Uh, David Blaine could eat a chair. Uh, I think David Blaine could eat a chair if he wanted. Get the fuck out of my house. Fine. I'm out of here. I'm, oh, oh, that was a Harrison Ford. I get you. Yeah, you get off my plane. Yeah, well, you, you, uh, let go of those damn kids. Uh, fast ship. Uh, noodle the wall, noodle the wall, noodle the wall. Sure, we were home. Uh, 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 hot sauce! 
of that. All right, okay. Look, I'm going to make these omelets so you come back to produce my show. Well, look, I, I, I'll come and help you with the show. Maybe I'll write a song for you, baby. I, I'm sorry, that was my last Harrison Ford reference. The Morning Glory movie with Rachel McAdams. But... Get to the point of what you're talking about. Yeah, guys, I don't think I've heard one point or counterpoint in this entire conversation. Well, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I apologize. I just get really worked up when people say it's fake. Honestly, wrestling... I get worked up when people say it's real. Uh, hey, can I, can I kiss you? I, I, I wish you would. I haven't felt the kiss of someone in a long time, baby. Just take my hand. Take my hand. Put on my jacket. <laughs> Put my teeth in your mouth. It's warm. They're soft. I saw a burrito in the guest breakfast lunch. Can I cut it in half and share it with you? I only eat baked potatoes and baked beans. That's what I call burritos. I call you my burrito. Okay, all, all right. right, all right, guys, all right. Uh, please it's have it's a tender, but get out of yeah. here. Boy, took a <laughs> took a bit of a heartwarming turn. Yeah, sickens me. <laughs> we had point counterpoint, and it all fell off the table into a big pile of shit. Well, there that ends the first ever inaugural segment. Counterpoints. Counterpoints. Ah, oh, damn it, damn it all. Damn your tiny beef jerky heart, Scott. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets smaller every day, Steve. Whenever you pump blood in there, it just hurts everywhere, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Or you have a birthday. That also shrinks it. Yeah. Happy birthday, by the way, Scott. Thanks. Thanks for coming and visiting me. Hey. Uh, While so my beef jerky heart just I visited a little my, bit more. My wife and I visited Scott down south in mm-hmm. the uh, south Los Angeles. Yes. And uh, we went and had sandwiches and nachos, and we brought him a tiny little cake. Yes. Oh, that cake really wasn't that tiny. I thought it was pretty small. It's kind of small, but it was really rich, which I think, was great. Yeah, it'd be big if one person was to eat it. It'd be very, oh, it'd be sm- very big. That's like three cakes, and it'd be very, it'd be very small if someone came out of it. Oh my gosh, that'd be way. That's like a raptor coming out of there. Yeah, a little raptor egg. Yeah, you you gave a raptor egg cake. Oh my god, B D Wong was our waiter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> and he gave me a sticker. He was a good guy. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, and that was that was Saturday, and the day before that was some very upsetting news that rocked the wrestling world of uh, Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper, at the age of 61, had passed away. Yeah. That was, like, you know, this happens all the time. It's just an inevitability with wrestling growing and there being so many people in the world. People are going to pass. Uh, Dusty Rhodes passed a little bit ago. Dusty... It made me sad. It's he was the personality I knew later in life, but Piper I grew up with. I think it's it's that it's the personal connection. Like if you knew somebody, or if you, uh, if whoever really spoke to you, or whoever sort of uh, kind of, well, I want to say kind of harmonized with, like the person that really spoke to you when you were kind of when you were watching wrestling. That's the one that's really gonna hurt, and that's in any relationship, I think. Yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, he, I, I grew up watching him. He was just a part of my life from the beginning, and he was always a character, and you see the character grow, and you, he's always there, and he's always doing stuff. And I got to meet him a couple of times throughout the years as a fan and just going to stuff and seeing him, and just a sweet, genuine, kind guy. And it's not fake in any way. That The second 
that switch happens with, you know, one fan meeting him or something happens and he turns and you get his attention and then something on your face reads of just like, oh, Roddy Roddy Piper. Like, I'm so, I'm so happy in this moment. And then it comes right back at you tenfold. Well, great people make you feel great. The charismatic people make you feel charismatic. Mm-hmm. We're learning that the more charismatic and great people we meet is that they make you feel as good as you see them to be. Yeah, he's always really appreciative, and he always gives that back and is aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a, a really kind man and, you know, all the things that he did, all the great matches, but something we always talk about on this show, we're forever going to put in this list the greatest movies with wrestlers in it. They live is up at the top. Yeah, it's, it's at the wonderful. top three all the time, no matter what happens, like a Guardians of the Galaxy comes out or whatever else. Of the latest thing with a wrestler popping it, you know, Nathan Jones and Mad Max, but they live as Piper. It's all about Piper in that it's movie. It's top notch. It's top notch. And like, there's scene like he improvised the, like he told stories from his own past in it, I thought. And mm-hmm. there's sort of a, just a genuine coolness about it that's very awesome. And the stories about, uh, he always had extra lines in his head for promos and stuff. And one of which is the famous line, I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm all out of bubblegum. Mm-hmm. It was just something he could never use in wrestling. And Carpenter had talked to him, and they worked together. It's that cool um, it's that cool flow of ideas and collaboration yeah. where, hey, do, is there anything that you want to add to this? And he's like, yeah. Well, I got this coconut. <laughs> yeah, I got this coconut. Let's make Keith David Samoan. <laughs> uh, and uh, that was just awesome that – that movie was so bizarre and weird to me as a kid. I couldn't help but watch it every time, but it was a little freaky because of what that movie shows. If you've never seen it, good God, watch this movie. But the idea I think it's more relevant today the than in the 80s. And oh, it was totally. very relevant in the 80s. This is before its time, as yeah. most Carpenter stuff is. That it's revealing, these sunglasses reveal this other world to you in a way that it's what the aliens see and how they take in this information. So all billboards are saying words like obey um, or, you know, money. When he pulls out money, it's just white pieces of paper that says this is your God. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then seeing the aliens for who they are and having some uh, radio signal hiding their actual uh, face. And then him walking through this world and taking all this in and the great stuff that happens amongst it. Uh, And then he just starts taking them out. He doesn't think about it. He just nope. starts killing them. You guys them. are weird, creepy uh, monsters. I'm going to take you out. Oh, God. It's it's just so amazing. And uh, he he really helped break barriers doing a movie like that and starring in it when, you know, Hogan was in Rocky Three, but getting little parts here and there. But a friend of mine asked me the other day, like, why didn't Piper work more as an actor? And I said, because he was still a wrestler, which was a dirty word. But he's also done like dozens of movies since then he's done a lot but it wasn't the kind of respect or admiration that the rock has now because that was a weird cult movie Mm -hmm. and he's a wrestler in it so he couldn't be any good in anything big yeah you know that's a guy that could have been in all kinds of stuff but just wasn't because it wasn't respected but he started that he helped start that which is so cool i andy was in hell comes to frogtown which I found that's on Voodoo. I'm going to buy that yeah, this week. I've never seen it. I mean, it's rough, but it sure is fucking fun. Well, now it's if it's rough, it's it's nostalgic, like wonderfully rough, because it's, you know. Uh, do you know what it's about? 
No. It's he's the last human male on the planet Earth that's like filled with either human women or giant frog mutants. Really? Yeah. Hell comes to Frogtown. Oh my god. I mean, maybe I could have guessed that, but I don't think so. No, I. it's one of those movies where I'd be like, I should love this movie because it's the kind of movie I want to make. <laughs> yeah. But then I sort of see what, like, when I watch it, I'm like, oh, it's probably the movie I'd end up making. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, a little rough around the edges. All yeah. right. Okay. Um, do you have any Piper moments or anything that stands out to you? Uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown I saw on Sci-Fi Channel once, mm-hmm. very like, before I knew who, who he was. I knew he was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching it. I was like, oh, this is rough. And then I remember watching only snippets of They Live until I was in like high school and I watched like the entire movie and I was like, this is rad. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'd seen a full Piper match until you showed me the Piper-Hitman match at Mania. WrestleMania 8? Yeah. Oh, that match is so perfect. I watched that again the other night. And then I'd see some of his stuff in the Flair DVD. Mm-hmm. Which was great. Uh, the one I'm actually really excited to watch now is the dog collar match because I watched Starcade. Yeah, there was that super. We were somewhere and they kept showing footage of it, and it was like WWE kept talking about it. Mm-hmm. And who's who's it against? It's, it's Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah, I just it sounds like it'd be a great match to watch. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, and in like awesome, cool ways. And uh, they talk about the story as a Piper. I think it's on Piper's DVD, which is on the network. Where they had the the leather dog collars, and he thought, "Oh, I know it'll be a great idea." It's Hammer Valentine that had the idea of, "We'll put wool on the inside so it won't chafe our necks." Is the worst thing you could have done. Uh, it just it just made everything terrible. Gave him a rash and everything. And they're using and it's chains, and they beat each other with the chain. And Piper gets hit in the ear. Yeah, burst his eardrum, and it's his ear is bleeding. From the match, they just brutalize each other. That's a that's a an epic bloody brawl. Uh, the WrestleMania eight match is perfect in my opinion. Um, everybody always talks about Shawn and Undertaker WrestleMania twenty five, brilliant, no doubt. But this match, the elements in it where they don't punch for the longest time because it's a contest between these two guys. Who's the better wrestler? Yeah, and they know each other. They have a history. But they haven't really fought before, but they know each other's family and they grew up together and they don't throw a punch. They're they're pushing each other, they're doing other moves, they're getting under each other's skin, and the second that Piper throw the throws a punch, audience hates him. And he's telling the story of he went as far to throw a punch. When punches are thrown all the time, it doesn't mean But anything. they made it mean something. And he busts them open, he starts bleeding everywhere. And so that punch is devastating oh the match is so great it's such a great match um there's a there's a weird match i can't remember from what tna pay-per-view it's the weirdest blend of things it's jeff hardy versus scott hall with special guest referee roddy piper that sounds really familiar and uncomfortable oh my god no it's fantastic it's not uncomfortable at all it's a weird blend of styles between jeff hardy and scott hall um, one's super athletic and can move all in weird ways, and Scott Hall is just a big, burly guy who could also move really well. And they throw in tons of house show comedy stuff. They're doing the pat down and checking everybody for weapons. Piper's doing that, 
and and Scott Hall he's wearing like an Elvis onesie and he's got a big old pipe in his arm and pulls it out like what is this like I'm sorry <laughs> and it's crazy it's a weird fun match where clearly they just got to do whatever they wanted it's so weird I love that match I need to post it on the Facebook but there's so many cool things the war to settle the score with Hogan and uh, Piper just countless awesome Piper memories and uh this one hit hard, and I really didn't believe it. It really didn't sink in until yeah, I, I saw the tribute on Raw. I didn't believe it either. I didn't see the tribute on Raw, but it was just one of those ones where I was like, I can't believe it. It doesn't feel real. He survived cancer. Uh, he, he he survived the 70s. Like, and the 80s. Yeah, like that's, that's sort of what feels like he... He was a guy who was hated by people, but I mean... And got stabbed. Yeah. It, so it, it when when I first heard of his death... I wasn't that sad because I'm like, oh, God, he got a lot out of his life when the expectancy was a lot lower. Uh, You know what I realized? Like, it hits, it felt the exact same way I felt when Philip Seymour Hoffman died, mm-hmm. where I was like, wow, you're somebody who there has been, like, these benchmarks that I've got to see and I was really moved by. And, like, there's very few for Piper for me, but I recognize the worth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's very strange yeah. to sort of quantify it that way, especially when I don't know 100% of the career, I don't, I'm not, I wasn't a rabid fan, but I knew the importance. Like to me, it was like, right. oh, there, I can feel the shockwave. I can see the high water mark of grief on other people. There is a, an incredible thing that uh, a friend of mine, Steve Anoni, uh, and I went to WrestleMania 19, which is the one in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And that was Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon. And that was going to be a huge epic match. And he was never a Hulk Hogan guy. Steve was always a Piper guy. I'm like, really? You never liked Hogan at all? Like, you couldn't like both? He's like, no, I didn't like him. I like Piper. And I was like, all right, you need to see Hogan live. We're going to go to WrestleMania, and you're going to see Hogan, and you'll cheer for 15 minutes, and then you'll hate him forever. Fine, whatever. But you need to be there live and see him, because he's like, I don't like him. And I go, you just got to be there with that energy. Well, in that match, well, so Steve and I didn't have seats together, but we were both there, and Steve dressed in Piper gear. (laughs) He was wearing the kilt, as a Scotsman truly wears a kilt. And he's got a Piper shirt and a jacket. As a true Scotsman wears a shirt. Yes, with your wife's wife's lipstick on his nipples. (laughs) (laughs) And I was there with my Cactus Jack shirt. And um, in that match, Piper comes out and hits Hogan with a pipe. Like, unadvertised, no one knew, totally kept secret. And Steve was on his chair, as he told me afterwards, like, yelling and going crazy. The one guy and everybody around him was like, you knew because he's dressed in Piper gear. No, he believed he believed. And then of course that's what it is. It's he didn't care about Hogan at all. He had no reason to because Piper showed up of mm-hmm. all things. So yeah, it's Piper. There, people have countless stories about Piper. If you want to send your Piper stories of some maybe cool encounter or something like that, or just a great memory you have, please send them our way. Curtain jerks at gmail.com. Post them on our Facebook, send them on Twitter. If, that's a really short story or something like that. Um, <laughs> Met him at airport. Nice guy picture. <laughs> no room for pick. <laughs> uh, and I have a couple of pics with him, and my computer's been acting crazy. I would have posted it already, but one of them was from UPW back in the day because that was one of the early shows I went to that he was there. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? At the small show, Rowdy Rowdy Piper's going to be there? His book is great. His DVD's great. There's so many things with Piper that involve Piper. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Wherever he is, it's just a joy. And if you haven't seen it, go and enjoy it now. But uh, 
this morning when I finally saw the the tribute on Raw. That's when it finally hit, and I just wept. Just wept yeah. like a baby. But I, it's yeah. It reminds I'm gonna check it out. It reminds me of like watching the in memoriam at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And you were like, what? Oh, and he Ooh. should be. And I don't know if he will be. Maybe there's a good chance of it. There should be a clip from They Live, and they're showing Rodera Tombs or Roddy Roddy Piper, however they want to put it. You know, and maybe, maybe, but yeah. So we miss you, Roddy. It's time for jerk tweets. Follow us on Twitter at Curtain Jerks and send us your hashtag jerk tweets. It could be anything. Questions about the show. Questions about wrestling. Answers about wrestling. What's Alicia Fox's real name? Oh, uh, yeah, Fox Alicia. Fox Alicia Crowdsley. Kudrow. Yeah, it could be that. I don't know. You let us know. Yeah, you let us know via Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Kapil underscore Sanger says, "Did you guys have any posters of wrestlers growing up? And if so, who?" Ooh, I bet Scott did. Oh my God, I still would if I had the balls enough to hang him. And still bring a girl back to my room. I think there's a certain amount of confidence there. And I mean can... the neighborhood girls, you know, after them playing Foursquare out in the lawn. Oh, boy. Uh, Look at my room. I got wrestler posters. Okay, bye. See you tomorrow. What did you have? Oh, man, a lot. I had a Hulk Hogan poster. I had a Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth poster, which for some dumb reason as a kid, I looked at Macho's arm because he's, he's, he's facing front, but his arm is posed in front of him. Just like a tough guy arm, you know, like flexing the bicep. The wrestling wrestler picture pose? Yeah. yeah. And I drew an anchor on his bicep. A terrible anchor with a marker thinking that's what he needed, like Popeye. No, it totally makes sense. It's a bicep tattoo. You gave him a bicep tattoo and you exercised your own creative power by putting it on your poster on your wall. It makes complete sense to me. You're right. I did ruin that poster by drawing that on there. It was really dumb. I, I did that... Uh, I had a demolition poster. Wow. Were these all up at the same time? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I put up a lot of wrestling posters. There was Right before I stopped watching wrestling uh, during the teenage years, there was some like wrestling almanac or something like that, and it had all these uh, profile pictures, sort of like an 8x10, but they were just in a magazine, so I mm-hmm. tore them all out. And I can remember a couple of them. There was Andre the Giant right towards the very end. There was Macho Man. And something like the Macho Midget, which was creepy as all hell. I'm only remembering it now. It was Macho Man. It was a it was a midget, but it had a Macho Man mask, and it looks terrifying. It really does. If you've ever seen it, I don't know. Was this a poster or a Polaroid? No, this is like out of a a little mini poster out of a magazine. It's a whole page, so you tear out the page. On one side's one guy, and one side's another guy. Who was on the back? Them, you're going like, oh, who do I hang? I don't remember. I really don't remember, but I'm sure there's somewhere. Yikes. And then I hung my signed photos for a while later on, and then I'd just find weird posters and start putting them up, like some UK skybox poster with Austin and Lita, uh, and just, you know, whatever I could find, I, I would just start rotating them out. But Do you those... know what posters I had? What, what, what? Uh, the first poster I ever had was a Batman Forever poster, which was the bat symbol at the that formed the question mark. Oh, all right. Yeah. And then after that, I graduated to my full posters in my room of Sexy Beast, Jackpot by the Polish Brothers, <laughs> a Requiem for a Dream poster that I got at WonderCon. Oh, wow. And um, 
I think that might be maybe an Ocean's Eleven poster. Ooh. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Buddy, do you still have that Requiem for a Dream poster? Maybe in Oakland. I was going to say, if you're in need, I believe it's in my storage unit. Is it? I have one as well. Uh, I have one that's uh, it's it's very thin um, lines of two images transposed over each other. Oh. So every other line is a different image that forms two images that are over each other. Oh. Yeah. It's very cool. What? <laughs> yeah. Requiem for a dream. Requiem for a dream posters. <laughs> now in residence of everyone's storage facility. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Why I'd do love I have to put this, this up. I know I've got other weird posters that I'm just totally forgetting about wrestling. I had a Gambit poster. Just Gambit? Just Gambit. I had a bunch of Jim Lee posters with a bunch of characters, but not, you know. I got Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> He's got an M over his eye. For Mutie. <laughs> Is that what it's for? Dirty Muties. <laughs> I didn't know. That's what they called it. Oh, it's M for Mutant. Right, but did they call them Muties? Uh, all of the, uh, like zero tolerance uh, the guy who created the sentinels whoever was whoever was campaigning against the superior uh uh race of humans that could shoot laser beams out of their eyes they'd call them dirty muties you remember the cartoon show <laughs> i do but that i don't brutal remember calling them that muties. brutal ch- children's drama oh my god morph, <laughs> morph. no die a master mold <laughs> i wanted to get some of those again i had them on vhs forever don't and what a punishing fucking cartoon show <laughs> i've seen the first two episodes way more than anything else oh, in my the, entire life there was a while on night fox the they just showed the night and Sen- night of the sentinels just over and over again oh if if wrestling did something like that people just wouldn't watch anymore i stopped watching x-men and then i turned it on one day i was like mr sinister what are you doing here <laughs> uh so yeah, those are the ones I had, um, and maybe I'll, I'll go to my storage unit, and I'll let Steve have my Requiem for a Dream poster and my Macho Man anchor arm. I'm hoping for a XFL jersey for my birthday. <laughs> Someday, buddy. Uh, yeah, he's got a shit ton of them. I mean, I don't think he has a He Hate Me one, but I would wear the shit out of an XFL jersey. I I do have them. That's true, I do. I gotta find them. I think I know where they are. I but... know exactly where they are in your <laughs> storage unit. <laughs> I marked them with my scent and my blood, so I know I could find them in your storage facility without a flashlight. All right. Um, They're fucking glowing. You know, speaking of uh, glowing, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Big old spotlight on him right now. Yeah. Everything he said, people are still talking about it. I guessed on Compadres again today, and uh, Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray, brother of Booker T, Yeah. Uh, Harlem Heat. Uh, co-founder, I was going to say. <laughs> co-founder of Harley. Co-founder of Harley. Uh, not entirely wrong there. Yeah. Uh, um, he started... He, we didn't start the fire. He did. <laughs> he started fucking grilling us because interview was over and he goes, uh, one more thing. Did you guys talk about Hulk Hogan last week? And if so, who was on the panel to talk about it? And I was like, uh, well, there's no special guest. Like, what did you guys say? Oh, my God. What did you guys say? Well, I, you know, I gave a, on that show, I gave a pretty political, you know, hey, it's a shame that this happened. I don't know the full story. I do want to hear it before I make a fully formed opinion. What did Stevie say? Oh, I was waiting for him to just tear into three white boys sitting on the panel going like, hey, you know what? Hulk Hogan's okay. No big deal. 
it, but sometimes you want your daughter, to, you know, I don't know. He, but he was ready to just rip us apart. And he ripped Christian Rosen part, uh, Rosenberg apart a little bit because he kept saying he was happy with the WWE's actions against him. And he kept going, that is not what I'm talking about. That is not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you how you felt about what Hulk Hogan said. Well, I think the WWE should take actions against racism and... No, 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 no. So what did uh, what was the response of what Christian thought? Yeah, did, uh, Hulk Hogan end bombs right, and then did he say that he doesn't want Brooke to be with a black man? Is that what he alludes to? I don't. I didn't. What I what I I've have read. no need in my life to hear Hulk Hogan's racist like words on his sex tape, and I do. I know. I know. Uh, he. It's only what I've read because I've never heard the audio at this point. And I want to hear it before I could pass judgment. But, yes, there are N-bombs and there is stuff like um, we're all a little racist. I don't want my daughter to be with a black guy. Oh. So now did now was Stevie Ray asking, like, now do you three white guys agree with what he said? Are you guys a little bit racist? I think he was trying to figure out if, yeah, we thought that was okay in some way. Because hey, everybody loves a little cream in their coffee. <laughs> everybody... Or a little coffee in their cream. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And some people like tea. Uh, all right. It's Asian girls. Yeah, I, don't I was know. about to say. I didn't, I didn't know what British I was... girls? I didn't know what I was saying, but I figure if we're going to just spill it out. Well, so how did that end? Do you feel like it was just uncomfortable with no resolution? Or... Oh, no, it was great because he was yelling at Christian. I'm like, oh, this feels awesome. Because I was worried about stuff I was going to say, and he could just hear that I'm white. And just tearing at me. I'm like, oh, no. Stevie Ray's punishing me. But I made him laugh a couple times. It's all fine. Oh, dude, made a black guy laugh? <laughs> yeah. We're best friends now. Yeah, racism solved. Racism solved. <laughs> There's still a lot of conspiracies out there that aren't solved. Oh, wow. The dude from The Running Man. That's right. Jesse the Mind Ventura. Oh, wow. Mr. Ventura, thank you so much for joining us. I am a huge fan of yours well thank you so much it's good to be here i've been hearing about all this talk about hulk hogan and so i figured i had to weigh in on the situation at hand uh mr ventura thank you so much for joining us i didn't even know you were a guest today but i feel like who better to talk about hulk hogan than jesse the mind ventura can i call you body just for this one segment well you can call me the body for this one segment but you should know my mind is as sharp as my body ever was i was i know did you remember that wrestlemania where it was like the end of the night and you guys were saying how great wrestlemania was and you were mouthing the other guy's lines because you were both reading the teleprompter at the same time my friend gorilla monsoon because you looked so nervous gorilla monsoon was holding me up by my pants at that point in time because that's how nervous i was oh Oh, man, it takes such a strong man to admit that. Yeah, as it should for Hulk Hogan, because he's a racist. So uh, I guess that's the determination, that he's a racist? Yeah, he's not only a racist, he's a speciesist. Oh, how so? He's not human. Oh. Hulk Hogan is an alien. Jesse the Body Ventura, come on. He's an alien. What more proof do you need? All right, well, I'll hear you out. I'll, you know what? On the... In the interest of fairness, I will hear you out. Why is Hulk Hogan an alien? 
Hulk Hogan is an alien clearly because of his orange skin. No one walks around this earth with orange skin. He does. I've seen yellow people. I've seen brown people. I've seen white people. I've seen black people. But I've never seen an orange person until I've met Hulk Hogan. Well, have you ever been to Florida? <laughs> I have. And they're golden. Oh, okay. Um, now... Uh, are you suggesting that Hulk Hogan is some sort of alien creature with orange skin, some sort of Qbert or some sort of um, Fraggle? That's right. Or... They made a movie about him. Did you ever see the movie made about Hulk Hogan? Uh, no Holds Barred, uh, the Thunder in Paradise film. Species. Oh, the Natasha Henstridge film? That's right. A beautiful blonde creature coming from another world, coming to this planet, Mars. and can't keep a shirt on. Yeah. Have you ever seen Hulk Hogan wear a shirt? It doesn't last for about more than four seconds. No, it Much doesn't. like Natasha Henstridge in the movie Species. Oh. She's constantly removing her shirt. I thought you were going to say she couldn't last four seconds, and I was like, whoa, that is sexier than I thought. But you didn't say that. I just thought it. So It is it was... known to be true that Natasha Henstridge premature ejaculates. Oh, come on. Don't say that. That's, is that she ejaculates prematurely if you're in a sexual relationship with the actress Natasha Henstridge. It's true. I've posted it on the internet, and it's in my current blog. You know what? I don't think we need to talk about it if someone has a, a hypersensitive or I don't know that. Honestly, I, on, I just had the biggest fear that Natasha Henstridge was a classic Curtain Jerks fan, and we just ruined her fucking morning drive. Well, sometimes you just get so excited that you... Just happened to come early, and that's okay. It's happened to Jesse the Body Ventura a couple times. That's why I'm of the mind now, so that way I can hold on a little bit longer and make sure my partner has a good time and she's consensual. Wow. Uh, so but Hulk Hogan is an alien from another to, world. I was about to say, Jesse, so many things. I'm not I don't sure of the situation of Hulk Hogan's ejaculation situation. Well, I guess if you check the sex tape, you could find out. I don't know. I'm sure I could, but I haven't watched it for that. But I am aware of the language that he uses about him being a speciesist. Wow. You know what? Doesn't uh, want a black guy for her, for his daughter. That is that does sound racist to me. He that only wants racist. one of his own orange alien kind. Or like Nick? That is accepted in the alien form. Families actually produce pure species offspring. That's what they do. In our society and our kind, we form mongoloids. I, I guess this is true. I believe there is a genetic disposition that you do want to have some sort of variation in the gene pool if you are going to procreate. Um, I think, Jesse, uh, you brought such a wealth of information to our show today. I just, I don't want to let anything slide by, but I just feel like these are such wild accusations, but I feel like there could be some validity to it. I honestly think that maybe if Hulk Hogan is not an alien, perhaps he feels like an alien now because he's had so many Hulkamaniacs for so long blindly follow him, and now there's such a deep rupture in that belief because racism does that. It can cut so far into that sort of moral uh, foundation that you set forth. His alien kind uses hypnosis to warp everyone's mind, saying prayers to his alien god that he is. That's saying prayers, taking vitamins, drinking milk. And as we all know, milk is filled with cow 
fluoride and fluoride in cows warps the mind as well and causes cancer that's why i don't drink milk oh what do you drink with your cereal i drink beer with my cereal oh do you put it in the cereal or do you just eat dry cereal and drink beer i eat dry cereal and drink beer and i mush it in my mouth together at the same time but that's the same as pouring beer on your cereal it's not there's a chemical reaction that happens but once your teeth are involved it's completely different it's pure science you gotta know these things and read up on the internet i don't maybe i can visit one of your articles at prisonplanet.org um i I appreciate the plug (laughs) i look i don't know if you're still doing guest articles i just assume you'd be affiliated sometimes you just gotta get truths out there and hulk hogan is an alien which is a truth that everyone needs to know the movie they live starring rowdy rowdy piper a personal friend of mine that i will miss for all days was another movie about hulk hogan oh well you know what i could believe that hulk hogan is an alien and he wasn't supposed to have his satellite radio come down but what has happened is his sex tape has been revealed you found out that that is not his real hair you found out he can't wear t-shirts for a long period of time you saw that his wife linda went back to her home planet because she couldn't handle it on earth anymore and you also found out that his daughter what's her name again brooke brooke was singing in her alien tongue. That's why it sounds so terrible to the human ear. Well, our country stuff's pretty good. But you know what, Jesse? Uh, you've given me a lot to think about. And I think you've given Scott a lot to think about. And I think we're really going to have to re-examine how we feel about Hulk Hogan. Because honestly, we already it's already been... Our world's already been rocked. Send him back to his planet. I'm starting a Kickstarter fund in order to send Hulk Hogan back to his planet. Oh, uh, what are your perks? My perks are, I tell you the truth about 9-11, I tell you the truth about Genghis Khan, I tell you the truth about Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, I see here you also have, uh, looks like, are those wristbands? That's right, a wristband for an early copy of Shenmue 3. Oh, wow. You know what? That's, that's wonderful. Mr. The Mind Ventura, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Today. You're very welcome. I hope this truth... Pr- provides some clarity i hope that your your uh more your strengthened acute mental prowess uh, provides the pleasure to those that are close to you it's a pleasure being here guys have a good time 9-11 was an inside job oh okay get out of here i mean honestly scott if those steel girders could get cut at such a clean angle by jet fuel <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, man. What a week. What a crazy week. Dana White. Jeez. Uh, Ugh, Piper. What a... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy. There's always crazy stuff, and we hope to bring you the funny and funny each and every week. So thanks for listening. Of course, go like us on Facebook. Of course, send us those rate and reviews on iTunes. And, of course, follow us and like our tracks and repost them on SoundCloud. All that stuff helps us out tremendously. Dave made a maze. Any updates going on the movie? Marching forward. Marching forward. You saw Cut a couple weeks ago? I saw 30 minutes of it, and it was great. Oh, man. And I've got some photos released the other day to me that I... It's a weird... Like, I give approval to photos that I'm in. Fuck if I know. And then they then post them out. So I retweeted oh, yeah. one photo yeah, the other I, day. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so there's there's some photos coming out now, slowly but surely, because you don't want to release it all at once, and then nobody cares. Uh, Scott steals the show a couple times in the cut I saw, so... Probably going to edit that out. <laughs> right, we should. Because yeah. <laughs> John Morrison will be pissed. Pissed. So, yeah, go check that out. And listen to 16 Bits Podcast. That's Josh Callahan and myself, another comedian friend, uh, doing uh, funny stuff about video games. 
each and every week. So go check that out too. Also on SoundCloud and iTunes. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Hi, Josh. He listens. Sometimes. So for Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narber. I'm Steve Sears. Enjoy your wrestling, kids. You've just listened to another episode of Curtain Jerks. Oh, this is the time where you get all ten of your fingers. They've been uh, itching and ready to go this whole time. You're like, I- I'm going to wait to do this at the end of the I'm podcast. I'm going to wait until the episode's done, and then I'm going to use these things. These things I call hands. Yeah, these things I call hands. Uh, not these biceps and glutes that uh, God has given me. But, but activate them, too, so you can have a full use of your hands. Yeah, uh, clench up them butt cheeks when you go to SoundCloud.com slash Curtain Jerks. Follow us. Uh, like the episode. Comment. Tw- uh, comment during. It. You could, You should have been commenting during this episode. You can go and comment during other episodes because I'm sure you have all the time code marked in your head. Don't you hear the sounds that our voices make? You can comment on the weird noises we make. You can make weird noises of your own. You can write it down and make other people make weird noises by reading it. Yeah, it's, it's very interactive. You go on there. You can comment during your favorite parts of the show. You can comment during the parts of your show that you're like, oh that was uh, quotable and then you put it in quotes and you stick it up there and if you're an aesthetics person orange accents right orange is the new black guys (laughs) yeah that's not gonna be dated (laughs) no way no jason biggs jason biggs wcw champion if there is still around yeah that's how it works so it's the orange is the new black wcw crossover jason biggs is the new championship that belt's almost as big as his head it is, and even bigger than that is YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's pretty big. It's a big deal. It's videos online. You can watch pictures of cats moving. Mm-hmm. And you can watch Steve act like a cat on YouTube.com slash Curtain Jerks Podcast. You can see our predictions videos on there. You can see uh, our wrestler pronunciation manuals on there, our prediction videos uh, did I say that twice? <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, so it's all there, available for you. We've uh, got some new videos, ideas, videos, ideas. Oh, this one's being thrown away. <laughs> oh, it'll get chopped up. Or it'll stay exactly the same. It'll be at the end of every episode until the end of time. Oh, please <laughs> throw that meteor down quick. <laughs> Receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.